0: Under the Dome Radio, the full fan feedback discussion for Season 2, Episode 10, The Fall, recorded September 3rd,
1: 2014.
2: Thanks so much for joining us for Under the Dome Radio, the unofficial podcast and blog by and for fans of CBS TV's Under the Dome. It's Episode 43 of Under the Dome Radio show notes at underthedome slash 43. And if you want to leave us some feedback and be included in a future episode of the show, go to Radio.com slash feedback. As a reminder, Under the Dome Radio is a very proud member of the Noodle Mix Network, as well as being sponsored by the affiliate links that we have over at Radio.com slash Amazon. Check those out for all the details. And I'm Wayne Henderson, your voice acting, podcasting, Green Bay Packers fan who is so giddy because football season is just hours away. Go pack. Go.
0: And I am at Troy Heinrichs and I am not continuing this podcast tonight until I consult with big Jim first.
2: Always consult with big Jim, Troy. Very wise of you.
0: (laughs) Anyways, we will of course have our breaking news section to start off the show and then we'll go on the air where we discuss all the great things about the fall And then on location where we talk to all of you, the fans, before heading into our investigative reporting section, previewing next week's episode. And then our requests and dedication line where you can help get the word out about Under the Dome Radio. Because guess what? After this episode, we are once again all trapped under the dome.
2: It's just like old times.
0: (laughs) And we are full circle back to episode
2: one. There we go. It's it's a vicious circle as well. Let's go ahead and fire it off with the breaking news. What is the latest news, Troy?
0: Well, we are at another Under the Dome series low. 1.24 in the rating share, but we're still holding in that low to mid sixes range for viewership. And again, I think it doesn't really matter much because of the Amazon contract, but it was directed this evening by Eric LaSalle. And I have to say, with Peter Weller last week and Eric Lasalle this week, the directing is actually taking a step up. The writers were Alexandra McNally and Mark Lindenbrunner. So I think all in all, we're we're seeing some momentum here towards the end of the season, but hopefully the ratings do a momentum shift as well.
2: Now I have two quick questions about ratings. One, with it being a new series low, although they're still pretty good numbers. Um What television show are we going to blame it on this week that they were up against? Uh, I don't think there was one. We can blame it this week. Okay. Because every week it's, oh, it's due to this. Oh, it's due to the Emmys. Just face it. The ratings are slightly down. But my main question was, you know, as the ratings systems kind of change and we're slowly, hopefully moving away from the good old fashioned Nielsen diary system. How are they going to keep track of, you know, what age bracket is actually watching the show? and whether or not it's male or female or both so that they can target those numbers. Cause they're always talking about demographics, but how are they going to actually figure that out going forward?
0: I think it's still not a paper diary. It's still a box that's connected and then you have to register your household. So I don't think it's very clear anyway. It's still a general sampling that they're taking a swag at what those numbers might actually be. So like we said, ratings don't mean squat.
2: Pretty much, especially if they're going to be counting DVR numbers, I mean, are those DVRs that are connected to Nielsen boxes? I am not sure how that works off the top
0: of my head. I'm assuming that the DVR people reported indirectly, and it just dawned on me why we might have hit a series low on Monday.
2: Uh, what what happened? It was a holiday. I would think that would bring in more people, but okay, wait, we, we always have to find a, a good scapegoat.
0: <laughs> people are coming back from their Labor day weekends, having their barbecues and all that good stuff, especially in u s and Canada. So it makes sense that maybe they just forgot the episode was on and they're going to catch it on the DVR. So
2: I would expect the Labor Day week DVR numbers to see a significant bump. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, of course, next week it's going up against uh, at least on the East Coast and central time zones against parts of Monday Night Football. So that'll be our scapegoat next week. But stay tuned. We'll discuss that when we get there. Let's go ahead and go on the air.
0: I actually enjoyed the episode after the second watch, but I have one major, major rant that I have to do. And I'm just going to get it out of the way right here. Top of the show.
2: Should I be sitting down for this
0: or standing or cheering? Cause you were in agreement with me, but last week, end of the episode, Pauline stands at the top of the stairs, right? Big Jim stands at the bottom of the stairs and says, Pauline cuts a black. When you do an episode like that on television, And you have the very next episode. You have to come right in where you left off, which means big Jim stands at the bottom of the stairs. Pauline stands at the top of the stairs. When the show starts out tonight, they're already in junior's room. Where's the like chase after her run up the stairs, give her a hug, something you have to come right back where uh, such a momentous moment as big Jim realizing that his wife is not dead and come right back to that exact same scene as if you never left it. Now that might be just a fact that they didn't capture those shots when they filmed the previous episode. Maybe the editors left it out on the editor room floor. I don't think it was Eric LaSalle's fault because it should have been footage captured in the last episode to then be used in this episode. But that's my one big rant this evening is that I wanted them to pick it up right where they left off. All
2: right. Well, I'm glad you got that off your chest and I'm going to agree with you on that. I'm actually kind of overlooking that a little bit. But I can see where, especially, say, a couple years from now, if the Amazon deal is over and we're watching on Netflix and how it segues from one episode right into the next now, uh, that could be a little jarring. But uh, it would have been nice to find out exactly what happened in between being at the bottom of the stairs and being up in the room.
0: I mean, it is a crucial, it is a critical, you know, she was dead nine years. It has such impact that you mm-hmm. have to like live in that moment and breathe in that moment just a little bit longer.
2: They need to do
0: some explaining, fill in the gaps. But then when they're in junior's room, Pauline is actually backing up from Jim. So she's clearly afraid of him. And I'm trying to figure out why is she afraid of Jim? Because as they have the conversation, it actually start to side with big Jim. You know, Pauline made choices on her own, did not consult her husband, did not think of her son even though Pauline thinks she was doing the right thing. So at the end of the day, big Jim and Pauline are actually made for each other because they always think what they think is the right thing and the best thing. So they're two peas in a pod from that perspective.
2: That's a good point. They they do need a little more communication and I'm totally on board with that because what Pauline did thinking, Oh, the dome's going to follow me. Like we talked about on our initial reactions episode the other day that uh, she just, Took care of everything and basically did help ruin the family. And oh, did I ever mention that Dean Norris's acting was especially good in this opening scene of Under the Dome this week? Uh, I think you mentioned it on the initial reactions, but I will tend to agree with you on the
0: second watch. I thought it was even better.
2: Maybe on a third watch, Dean Norris's acting will be even better. But I, I, I really did think it was the best part of the episode as far as acting wise
0: but the people's acting that's still kind of eh is of course the science teacher and Julia they're outside. And for some reason this one tree is a different color. Temperatures seem to be dropping. And the one nice thing about the scene is that Julia does confirm for us that if it's truly only been three weeks, that we are in the summer season under the dome in the TV show, which is actually earlier because in the book it's actually taking place in October. So that does kind of put things into perspective that, the seasons are accelerating because if they would actually go backwards from spring to winter, that'd be kind of interesting as well.
2: True. Although I'm wondering if this first mention of autumn coming early was just basically thought up about the time they wrote this episode. And up until this episode, they were still going with the same as the book uh, timeline of October, but no, we're going to back it up a bit because now we, you know, we haven't seen snow and ice or chilly temperatures under the dome. Yet yeah, we've had everything else, so add this one to the mix. I think it's going to get uh, slippery out there, so bundle up. And
0: who's to say that it's not October? I mean, it could be an Indian summer taking place.
2: You never know what kind of climate things you're going to get when you're living under a bubble.
0: Well, what did you think of the emotional music swell as Julia runs down the street into Barbie's open arms?
2: Well, as I was fighting the urge to hit the skip-ahead 60-second button on my remote, I did hear it. I I think everything about that scene was just wrong. Cheesy? No offense to the music writers. They kind of had to go with what they were given, and I the whole scene was just cheesy.
0: Uh, as cheesy as Joe's pickup lines this week?
2: Those were pretty cheesy, but I, you know a lot of people in that age bracket have some pretty uh, <laughs> cheesy pickup lines. I know I did back in the day. The best part of this episode,
0: besides Big Jim and kind of his wanting to take care of his family, concept, which really makes me think that big Jim is actually the hero in this episode until the very end. Of course, the, uh, Melanie, she was really interesting this week. She had some very crafty lines. She just kind of kept reappearing all over the place. And especially the line that she says to junior, well, you could always just tell Julia you locked me up down here. Was she saying that as a joke or was she saying that because the dome is kind of channeling information to her going back to the, Will we see the Melanie of episode one?
2: I'm wondering if we're going to get the answer to that, because that is a good question. Personally, I think it was just kind of a bad joke on Melanie's part. And little did she know how much truth was actually behind it in relation to Junior.
0: And then Angie, of course, shows up. Now, this is the one complaint I do have in general about the show. I mean, yes, we kind of get twerked every now and then about, the you know, continuity and just are people paying attention kind of thing. But the one thing that I think they really gaffed in season two was the use of the avatars because in season one, when Alice shows up and when Joe shows up, you're kind of like, whoa, dude, what just happened? This is kind of creepy and kind of interesting. And then the use of Doty was perfect, but then they threw Linda in there, which really didn't need to be there. And now they're just throwing Angie in here for this one particular scene. So there doesn't seem to be a kind of purpose or the avatars actually showing up. And I wonder if that's something yet to be revealed and we just need to overlook it. Like we have to overlook most things in the show until the finale, or if they're truly just kind of picking and choosing where they want to use the avatars.
2: Or if it's a case of some of them were avatars, but possibly Angie was just a hallucination because even though they haven't touched on it in a while, junior is supposed to be kind of crazy. Well, or he's just, you know, breathing in
0: mold fumes being with all those wet mattresses and wet things down there from the flood. So maybe that's affecting what he's actually seeing and perceiving.
2: That could be because you know, it's starting to get pretty ranked down there.
0: But Angie says, you know, make sure you think about what you're doing. You're going to want to follow your heart. So is she actually addressing the Melanie situation or is she foreshadowing the later
2: scene with him and Sam? I don't know. I think they're definitely teasing it. I'll keep both of those things in mind. I guess we only have three episodes left this season, so hopefully they will uh, fill in the gap that they've kind of hinted at right there.
0: Now you're going to want to hold on to your chairs for this one. Okay. Rebecca Pine may actually be the under the dome radio DJ of the week. What? She actually said something kind of cool for once on the show. She said, uh, what is Lyle like stuck in between? And I kind of thought, That's actually kind of interesting. I wonder what life is like in between Zenith and Chester's mill in the ether or the space or the whatever.
2: Hmm. I didn't even pick up on, on that line. I I still don't necessarily want Rebecca to be any sort of under the dome radio, uh, DJ involvement after she tried to kill everybody. Uh, something to think about. However, I believe Lyle is totally safe in Zenith hiding out and possibly in possession of a, a shiny egg right now.
0: And we'll have an interesting listener theory about that later on in the episode, but Sam is actually still blaming Lyle for Melanie's murder. And I don't know if we'll ever get the answer as to who really killed her, who really pushed her. I still say they both were kind of involved in that together, both Lyle and Sam. But Kind of creepy, the fact that he's still kind of talking about unfinished business. Do you think he
2: wants to get back together with his girlfriend? That's kind of what it seemed like. And it it's almost like he forgot that he's aged. She didn't, whether she was dead and alive again, for whatever reason, she is still the same age physically as she was back in the day. So I think he needs to catch himself. It's like uh, it did It really strike me as odd. And I could just imagine him going wait a minute, Uh, this is getting borderline improper. (laughs) That was just bizarre.
3: But the
0: conversation they're having is really interesting because she actually talks to him as if she was older than what she actually looks. I don't know if you picked up on that at all.
2: No, not that.
0: And then Melanie has another one of these like big lines of the night. She says, you never know how many chances you are going to get is this something we need to focus on because maybe they all die and come back. Or like we had mentioned previously uh, with the red door that we said, did they die on their re-entry coming back to Chester's mill?
2: That would be quite a twist if they went that direction. I'm not sure how to take that line. You never know how many chances you're going to get because, you know, usually outside of Chester's mill, you only get one chance, basically one life to live. Uh, that's a whole nother show, different soap opera, but, uh, On Under the Dome, I wonder if any other people have supposedly died and come back. And with that being said, I still think that Melanie did not die. And we're going to find out by the end of the season what happened.
0: Out of the cryogenic stasis that we were hearing about from
2: Okinawa last week, possibly. That's still one of my favorite theories. We've got so many good theories. I'm actually trying to find a way that so many of them could be blended into one huge story arc
0: but we already kind of teased where Lyle might be, but here's a crazy Troy long theory coming in inbound. So brace
2: yourselves. I'm braced. My, I'm still braced from before with your rant. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> I haven't seen anybody pick up on this anywhere online and maybe I'd overlooked it, but on the second watch I did it today, the painting in the studio as Jim and Pauline are having the conversation about junior, If you look at the painting, there are six people, three stick figures without triangles, because when you draw a triangle on a stick figure, it typically represents a female. So there are three (laughs) stick figures without triangles and three stick figures with triangles, which makes six people, three boys, three girls. And if we actually take into account that there are eight hands, not four, like Nori and Joe keep talking about through the episode, There are eight hands in total and two of them are missing. One being Lyle, one being Angie, we have six hands remaining. And that picture had the exact six hands kind of Kumbaya right in front of the dome. So is that a foreshadowing of what's going to happen in the finale?
2: You're blowing me away with that one, Troy. Um, I didn't even catch that painting. I try not to look at them because even though Pauline was the art teacher, I'm a little frustrated with some of the paintings, uh, Quality wise, But that's an excellent catch. And with Lyle temporarily out of the picture or maybe permanently out of the picture, I could see where that could be what happens. And they have to get all six of them together. There's not going to be much room on that egg if they can get it back for them all to put a pinky on it or something. But Troy, it's recorded now for posterity on episode 43 of Under the Dome Radio. That theory is yours, my friend.
0: Pauline, Melanie, Nori, three girls, Sam, Joe, Jr., Three boys all together, holding hands, saying, let us the heck out of here.
2: (laughs) We'll see. It's coming soon. And Pauline, she tells Jim, this really struck me on the second viewing as well, how she told Jim, I had to come back for Junior. And then after a dramatic, awkward pause. Oh, and for you too, Jim. So obviously she does not really care whether Jim's involved or not. It's all about her and Junior.
0: Exactly. Pauline is looking out for number one because she learned from the master himself throughout their marriage. But Jim is continuing to apologize, trying to prove that he is not the same person. And the thing that I picked up on is this kind of sounds exactly like what a abuser or a drinker might say, like, oh, I'm never going to drink again. Oh, I swear I'll never hit you again. And I think that leads into what kind of happened when he ends up locking her in the studio maybe there was more to their relationship that was a bit dynamic and Jim just keeps promising that he's going to change, but he never really does.
2: Mm, I hope it doesn't go quite that dark on under the dome, but you're right. She was in her happy place in the studio and he locked her in there. And probably I, I think in a way for a good reason, because she was just flipping out and could have been a hazard to a lot of people. If she was roaming around screaming and flailing about and, Painting broad strokes everywhere, but uh good catch. And we'll have to wait and see what happens.
0: Now with the kids, you notice how Joe always looks at the positive side. He's so excited. Oh my gosh, Barbie's back. It's so great. And then you have Nori, who of course is still tripping her goth style, even though she doesn't have her goth makeup and goth clothes from earlier in season one, but she's always looking at the negative. Oh my gosh, Hunter, you came here on purpose. What the heck?
2: It's interesting that you notice they're like the Felix and Oscar of uh, the odd couple, but uh, you know, Nori is making a lot of sense, you know, almost nobody else would actually voluntarily come to Chester's mill or come back to Chester's mill when it's trapped under a dome with lax, you know, food is disappearing. Water's going to, you know, they're going to be in a real big world of hurt in the, in the very near future. So why come back? Of course, Barbie being the hero, he's super Barbie with special glasses. You know, he, he has his own special things. He's, he's up to.
0: Well, speaking of making sense, junior for once actually has the right frame of mind. As he clarifies to his mom, that Sam is guilty of killing Angie. He took the action regardless of what she painted in a picture. So does this mean that junior really isn't as
2: unstable as we thought? I'm not sure if it means that, but I was thinking the same thing. It's like, you know, Pauline's all. I need to atone for my sins of painting these terrible paintings, which you know that's a whole other thing. But all she did was paint a painting. Sam did the actual misinterpretation and went and killed Angie and uh, Junior. We're one hundred percent with you on this one.
0: So the white egg is it screaming because it's scared? Is it screaming because for some reason the egg and Pauline just do not get along? It's like when you kind of have two opposite dogs that are trying to share the same space playing for dominance. Right. I wonder if that's the same kind of thing that's happening. So I'm not sure if it's, I'm afraid because when they start to take the egg to the cliff at the end of the episode, it starts screaming and turning white again. And Nori's like, well, it's afraid it doesn't want to go. So I have to think that that's what it's doing is it's more afraid. The question is, what is the egg afraid of? Is it afraid of Pauline or is it afraid because it senses imminent danger coming from big Jim?
2: Uh, that's a good point because right now everybody seems to want that egg and want it to do things for them. And I thought it might be a little bit akin to my laptop when you're having to do too many things at once and the fans kick in and it just starts squealing, but then I don't go grab paintbrushes and start flinging about things. But, uh, it's going to be interesting if they actually tell us if it's afraid and what it's afraid of, but, uh, it kind of went straight into another scene that really got me, Troy, where, uh, Rebecca Pine says, Oh, no, our microclimate is disrupted. And, Troy, don't you hate when that happens? I
0: tell you, I try to get my own personal air conditioner or space heater for my office because I like my temperature to be what it is. And if you mess with my microclimate, you know, gloves are coming off or
2: on in that case. That's true. They need to bundle up, as we talked about earlier. You know, so many people use the phrase microclimate in their everyday conversations that I guess it shouldn't have struck me as so odd. but. Like I said, bundle up. It's getting chilly.
0: Now, we have Andrea and Tom sitting at this table, almost like their own, uh, their own little city council, if you will. And it's weird how Julia praised Andrea for doing so good. And then Andrea was like, how about we all raise our hands and we tell Jim to basically shut the hell up. But now she's, I'm not going to do anything unless big Jim buses it. What happened that made her do that shift from left to right? Was it just the fact that, Julia disappeared when Barbie disappeared.
2: It could be something that simple. It was a dramatic shift in which side Andrea Grinnell was voting for and supporting. I don't think we're ever gonna find out. I'm just glad that we got to see a little more Andrea Grinnell on the show. She needs a bigger role like she had, you know, about five episodes ago when she did save the town with all of her husband's uh, provisions.
0: And if she saved the town with all of the provisions and we could last for months under the dome per that episode. Why is it such a dire crisis now that we have to get out of the dome today and jump off this cliff today because the supplies are running low again? Where's all the people? That's what I want to know. There seems to be a shortage of townsfolk in season two.
2: Hmm, Unless it's something more involved than just the food. That's an excellent question.
0: So they have this conversation. Jim walks in. And Jim's like, well, you're not going to do any plan unless you have me as part of it. So now I'm in and they sit down and they kind of talk about it. And Jim actually makes perfect sense. I mean, people are going to probably rip on me for this because he's being so over the top with I'm a car salesman and I'm an elected official and I'm the sheriff and all. But let's face it. He is those things. So it makes total sense that he goes first, especially if his family's behind. And that way they can figure out how to get everybody else out of the dome. So I agree with Barbie.
2: Jim's plan is pretty solid. And he does make a good point. He knows how to cut a deal. So if anybody can make a deal with those folks, maybe it is Jim Rennie. He does have that steely eye that he can uh, turn on and really get the focus. So like I said in previous episodes, right now I am on the Jim Rennie bandwagon. Because everything else is just falling apart under the dome. So I might as well root for somebody who's going to take some action here.
0: <laughs> but let's be clear. He's negotiating with Don Barbara. I don't think $100 bills are going to be anything to influence Mr. Barbara himself.
2: True. Money is not going to be the deciding factor in that deal.
0: And then after the scene with Jim and Pauline, it looks like almost Pauline was the abuser in the relationship. She's like screaming, you know, make it stop, make it stop. You know, I'm, I, can't you hear it? I'm painting this painting, which looks like, you know, windows or domes or something's breaking in the background and there's a fire. And I saw the fire in the painting and I was like, Ooh, great. That's going to tie into the book, but we can't talk about that here. And as she's doing that, then she starts attacking Jim. And I couldn't tell if it was a scissors or a paintbrush. Cause it made a really loud clang when it hit the floor. But it seemed like she was pretty violent during one of these episodes. So was Pauline really the abuser and not Big Jim?
2: And I'm still hesitant to think that either of them was really an abuser, though I could see where it could be Big Jim. But in this scene, I I do agree. I think those were scissors. And I was a little concerned that she was going to, whether on purpose or under the influence of this attack, get Big Jim with the scissors and really cause some harm.
0: Well, Jim locks her up in her happy place, I guess.
2: (laughs) Well, whatever the Rennies need to do, I guess.
0: And then he goes to, of course, find the egg, which he now apparently can hear the more steps he takes closer to the bomb shelter.
2: Well, so much for hiding it right under big Jim's nose. And I was still thinking that he was going to find it by going back to the military personnel with their GPS system that could track it for him. But luckily, like you said, he could hear it. Now it's all his.
0: Yeah. I think we're done with the uh, computer product placements and note paper that you can buy at uh, office depot or office max or staples. (laughs) (laughs) Take your office supply store and just throw it up there under the dome as a sponsor. (laughs) Now they had this scene with Barbie and Julia, and this is, I think a scene that's long been coming. They kind of had this when they had the realization about Peter Shumway's death in season one. But they have this conversation of, you know, we never really talked about what life is going to be like for the two of us if we ever get out of here. So they're really addressing the, oh, gosh, we kind of rushed into this relationship. And uh, I don't know if I really like you when this whole thing's over.
2: Hopefully when this situation's over, they can be over. And hopefully once the dome is gone, uh, the formalities of law enforcement can be brought in. And, you know, I still think Barbie even though supposedly Julia's husband wanted to be killed, I I still think that uh, Barbie needs to serve some time for that.
0: And then notice twice in this episode, Melanie just kind of leaves, right? She leaves junior and then, Hey, did you say something? And then she kind of pops back up and then she leaves the diner as Julia and Barbie are having this conversation. And then she pops back up again. Hey, you guys want the egg or not? Almost as if she's a ghost just popping up out of nowhere.
2: Uh Ah, mysteriously appearing and reappearing, kind of like John Locke was thought to be doing early on and lost. I, I, I still do not trust her or Hunter. I don't know if they're working together or exactly what's happening here, but I think one or both of them is not there for good reasons. Maybe she is an apparition that's being controlled by the dome or... By Don Barbara. Something weird is going on with Melanie as well as with Hunter.
0: Well, Sam tried to kill Junior. Now it's Junior's turn to try to kill Sam. What did you think of that scene?
2: Well, I thought this scene was really intense. And in a way, I thought Junior was going to do that because I thought he might be turning back into the Junior from the book under the dome. And then the apparition of Angie shows up and talks him out of it, which was odd because if nothing else, I thought she would be rooting him on. And so obviously Sam still has some important part to play, but I was kind of ready to be done with him.
0: Well, I thought that this was an excellent scene. ah, And mostly because if you remember Pauline and Sam having the conversation of, I can't believe you killed Angie. We need to go back to atone for our sins. Sam really takes his punches in this scene and doesn't really fight back. And I think is that him saying, yes, I, I can see I messed up. I'm sorry. I'm bad. And then, of course, we have Junior sparing him at the end, which was pretty intense. I thought it was really going to come down on his ear, if nothing else.
2: I thought for sure there was going to be a lot of blood there in the cabin.
0: Well, Joe calls out Big Jim as they're carted towards the cliff and says, hey, you know, you always say you want to do the thing that's best for the town. If you chuck this egg over the side, we, we could all die. Don't do it, Jim. Please don't do it. And then Jim's like, nope, I got to save my wife. I got to do what's right by her and literally hits Nori's hands to magically knock the egg over the cliff. See, nothing bad happened.
2: So oh, I thought that was fantastic. Somebody needed to take some action. I'm tired of seeing the egg every week. So I was glad to see it go over the cliff, whether earthquakes and pestilence and doom are coming their way or not. It, it needed to happen story wise.
0: Well, it proves that Phil Bushy was the one that should have taken action. All along, the problem is, is that he waits for everybody to tell him what to do. And the one time that he finally takes the initiative, well, it spikes him in the gut.
2: <laughs> Poor Phil. Oh, man. And he was full bored knowing that he was going to be able to get out. He really did take the leap of faith in more ways than one. Because to run and jump off a cliff, hoping that you're going to land in a magical playground safely Is quite a leap of faith, but it didn't work out. A little bit of a moment of silence, a.k.a. radio dead air for DJ Phil Bushy. And I hope we're going to see him come back and as an apparition and haunt somebody pretty soon.
0: (laughs) So ratings this week, I yield the floor to you, Mr. Wayne.
2: All right. Well, I'm going to give this episode, you know, we're in that upward trend, so I'm feeling pretty good about it. I thought this episode was 6.5 spiked DJs.
0: We are in agreement. Amazing. You took those happy pills this week, I'm assuming.
2: I love those Whopper multi-malt balls.
0: I am six and a half paintings of mystery.
2: Ooh, the one with the flames?
0: No, the one with the six people. So I really should have given this a six. Then it would have made more sense because there were six people in the painting, but... Yeah, I thought it was actually pretty decent. I liked the directing. I liked Big Jim. I liked the story up until we pitched the egg over the side because now, uh uh-oh, we're all trapped again under the dome.
2: It's almost like they were trapped under the dome before. That very brief amount of time where they could have all gone out and gone to Zenith and now it's all frittered away.
0: let's go ahead and see what the fans thought about the fall, starting with Mr. Bryant Burnett himself. He said that he didn't get much out of this episode personally. I assume that the egg is now in Zenith, but theoretically, there would only be one person possible who could pick it up without getting knocked out, which would be Lyle. So maybe we haven't seen the last of the barber yet. And you know what? I'd be okay with that.
2: I like that, Bryant. I'd like to see Lyle at least one more time this season, if not more. And maybe if he does get his hands on the egg, he'll be totally healed from his uh, bouts of mumbling, rumbling. And he's slowly getting back to normal. And I think the egg will take him. Maybe he will be the hero of this entire season in the end.
0: I still say it's the kid in the clubhouse. He's going to be the new ninth hand or whatever. (laughs)
2: Oh, I hope not. Cause that kid does not take care of his belongings very well. And it's not going to be good for the egg if he gets his hands on it.
0: Well, our buddy Neil from Bowie had to send in a message this week because we recorded a day early. And he says, first off the prediction that the access way between Zenith and Chester's mill would be closed off after Barbie and Pauline returned. It did come true. It only happened after the egg was sent on its way. Strange that they kept Phil alive after getting shot and such just to have the spike impale him at the end of the cliff that does not longer go all the way to Zenith. And big Jim should know that you negotiate from a position of strength and you don't give them what they want first. I can't believe that he didn't even get junior to carry the egg to Zenith with his family going first. And that's actually a really good point. I think this is again, big Jim thinking about himself and not thinking about the town or his family. He's thinking, Oh, look at me. If I get rid of this egg, which is hurting my wife, I can be the hero. And I think that's the only thing he was thinking about. How do I make this up to Pauline? And that's why he put getting rid of the egg above all else.
2: I like that, Neil. That is an excellent catch. And now the more I think about the way you put it, that is something that would have made a lot more sense on the show.
0: And then he finishes up with the big question of the week is what are the role of the six remaining hands now that the egg is gone, how stable will the dome be without the egg? Could it be that the great disaster outside of the dome will be acting on energy, trying to actually tap into the egg? Neil.
2: Mm, I hope so, Neil. I want to see lots of action, just not a bunch of this uh, teeny bopper romance. And I'm including the whole Barbie and Julia thing in the teeny bopper romance category.
0: Well, our listening community is growing, we have another new voicemail caller all the way from Michigan this week at plus 1-904-469-7469.
3: Hey guys, this is Dave from Michigan living in the glove. Um, calling because I'm a fan of the Under the Dome podcast, Under the Dome radio, um, and I watched this week's episode. and I wanted to just point out something that I noticed that you guys didn't mention in the instant cast that I'm sure you'll probably pick up by the time you can do the show tonight Um, Big Jimny Big Jimny Big Jim locked the mom in the art room somehow somewhat similar to the way that uh, Junior locked Angie in the root cellar I wonder if that's where he got it if he turned into Big Jim because mom left him alone with Big Jim just something to think about. All right. Well, thanks.
0: Have a good, good cast. Dave from Michigan calling in from under the glove. Love it. Thanks so much for calling in. And I think he's onto something. I think junior having been raised by big Jim, you start to em, you start to emulate what you see in the behavior. And he saw big Jim probably locking up Pauline numerous times in her happy place. And I think that's why he ends up locking up Angie because he's emulating his dad.
2: Yeah, I could see that rubbing off on him. It's one of those do as I say, not as I do type of deals and definitely don't do what big Jim as a father does. Oh, excellent stuff, Dave. And he called back again, just a few minutes later, basically to let us know how he found our podcast and also to let us know that he thinks that Hunter is some sort of mole. And yes, I'm definitely on board with that, Dave. I mentioned that I, don't trust uh, Hunter at all. And I think we're going to find out maybe even this week, truly what he's up to.
0: I thought that on the first watch. And then on the second watch, I think it was just, he got busy tinkering around with his internet connection, trying to see if he could get a, a signal back out to the outside world to update his website. So I don't know if he's really going to be reporting back to Don Barbara, especially after he gives the information that, you know, his parole officer wouldn't like that because he was hacking into other places.
2: Well, I wouldn't be surprised if he's actually really working for somebody else over and above Don Barbara. And on second watch, I distrust him even more than when I first thought. So you kind of went back the other way a bit and I went further into the uh, moltastic theory I have.
0: Wayne Henderson, Under the Dome, Radio DJ of the Week. My mind is blown. I didn't even think about a third party, even though I had the original third party theory.
2: I was just taking and running with it. You know, I, I watched a couple old episodes of alias and how that's what really struck me with that type of deal.
0: That's a good call out an alias shout out this week. I love it. Uh, Lucifer writes in on our comments on episode 42, the Instacast Love that call. Uh, now look at that. Phil bushy back on the show at last. Wait, what? Oh, poor Phil took a leap of faith and ended up on a bed of nails. A good lesson to learn. This episode is so heartbreaking. Those who say acting is not a big deal on Under the Dome must be ashamed of themselves. Big Jim totally nailed it this week, as well as Pauline. Now that the egg is home, assuming that we think Zenith is home for the egg, what happens next? Number one, will Melanie die, and this time for good? But she said you'll never know how many chances you can get. This obviously has to mean something. Number two, before it was dropped to the cliff, why was it turning to white, glowing as if crying for help? Or is it just happy that Pauline, its chatmate, is back? Hmm. Is the cliff totally and officially closed for exit? I haven't seen any signage saying temporary closed, proceed to the next locker.
2: <laughs> Love it.
0: Surely the egg was broken when it was dropped. So will the energy it contains be gone to waste? On a side note, what if the egg is a dragon? (laughs) It must be contained inside the dome.
2: Again, that would be fantastic.
0: Finding out that Big Jim removed the egg from the dome, notice Pauline's reaction, like a reaction of a little girl that found out there's no more stocks of Barbie dolls available in the store. Does that mean it's hopeless in the dome already? The dome isn't shown after the egg actually fell. Maybe the dome has already come down and nobody knows it. Do you guys agree? Uh, I'm going to say no.
2: I'm going to say no as well, but I wouldn't be surprised if the dome turns into some totally different color as we get near the end of this season.
0: Maybe red like that zenith snow globe from the beginning of the season. Creepy. That would be the end of the show. If the dome came down or interestingly went to Zenith all by itself, especially when we had assumed from the start that the dome is there to protect the egg.
2: Or it could even be that maybe a second dome will appear in Zenith and they could somehow be connected to each other by a habit trail. But then even if you go to Zenith, you're still trapped under a dome. You're not free to roam the world. So either way, it's a lose-lose.
0: Well, it is nice to see Angie and her words of wisdom. It's not love, it's possession. Too bad James doesn't answer. You're not Angie, you're an illusion. <laughs>
2: Even though those were wise words.
0: Hunter began Hunter being in the dome adds spice to the show, but he seems to have a hidden agenda. I'm excited to find out. And by the way, he's an it guy, but his website is worse than an elementary students trying to learn basic HTML. Seriously.
2: it's <laughs> uh, one of those free WordPress templates. Maybe
0: PS. Where are all the Monarch butterflies as the climate changes? Thanks so much for a very underful. I mean, wonderful podcast, Sir Troy and Sir Wayne, Lucifer.
2: <laughs> I love it. That just I cracks me up. That is fantastic stuff. Thanks for always commenting on the website and uh, very clever theories and thoughts you have there.
1: Hey, Wayne and Troy. This is Rick from calling for the Under the Bone radio podcast. This is time... Since the season commuted that I've actually been able to watch an episode this year before you recorded yourself, so I get a chance to call in with some timely feedback. My wife and I uh, were watching this week's episode and actually paused in the middle of the conversation between Big Jim and his wife, and he was telling how he's changed, and I said, "Yeah, he's heard." killing the minister killing other people around town and who knows who else he might still kill. I think this episode was a very good episode. It was made it so more interesting to me. I think that now that they seem to truly be trapped since their exit got closed. And wondering, you know, what's gonna happen with the egg now that it presumably it's in a different town, and uh, I don't know if it'll have consequences there. If so It'll create another dome. If it wants to come back to Chester Mills, you know what's going to happen. I think that's a, an interesting part. Thanks for doing the podcast. I've been enjoying listening to it. I've been able to watch
2: the episodes. Thanks. Rick from Wisconsin, thank you so much for calling in your thoughts. Kind of hard to hear, but that's because the part of Wisconsin he is in is so close where i think zenith is that there's uh, some interference there and rick being in wisconsin one of the few wisconsinites who's actually a carolina panthers fan not a packers fan he doesn't want people to make the wrong assumption but thank you so much for calling in rick we appreciate it
0: well now tiffany emailed in and said so many twists and overall a crazy episode i don't think crazy even comes close to describing this one wayne <laughs>
2: Yeah, if you tried to explain this episode to somebody that hasn't watched Under the Dome at all, I I think they would just stare at you and blink.
0: If you blink, you might miss an egg go by. Oh, there it goes. Whoa! Well, then there were some people that were not so thrilled with the episode. We had at Vondoviak from the AV Club on his website summed it up with The Fall as a disastrous episode in just about every conceivable way, wiping out any goodwill generated by the entire Zenith storyline over the past few weeks. With the exit sealed off, we're no doubt headed back to a crisis of the week territory next week as the domers try to figure out how not to freeze to death. Granted, the show is called Under the Dome and not some people under a dome and some people outside it, but why revert to the same played out formula with only three episodes left in the season? In a way, Big Jim is the perfect representative for the show as a whole. He keeps saying he's changed, but he just can't help himself. What do you think? Do you think the Zenith is wasted or do you think Zenith is still there and we'll see more of it in the next three episodes?
2: Well, that that is a great message and I definitely can uh, tie myself to a lot of those same sentiments. I don't think Zenith is going to be wasted, but it does take away the impact that we had all this stuff and we thought we might be seeing all sorts of people leaving Chester's Mill, even if they snuck out in the middle of the night or something. And now... We are a little bit cheated. It's going to be definitely something to pay attention to, to see how these final three episodes tie up this season. Of course, no official word on whether or not there's a season three or not, but whether or not there is a season three, you know, there's going to be a gigantic cliffhanger. So is it going to involve Zenith? I think so. I'm just not sure how.
0: Well, then entertainment weekly's TV recap kind of had the same sentiment Joe and Nori are having a far from cute cuddling session. Leave it to Joe to try and take advantage of the temperature dropping to get some action. Angie appears to (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Angie appears to junior and warns him not to follow his heart again. She appears to him right after he and Melanie share a kiss. Honestly, there was just too much young love in the beginning of the episode. For some reason, it's more awkward than cute. Whenever Joe or junior kiss anybody on this show and, For me, Wayne, to be quite honest, I even think Barbie kissing Julia is awkward in that for that category as well.
2: I agree with you and Entertainment Weekly 100 percent on all those counts. It's almost like they're pandering to the the younger audience that not the ones that are invested in the story and the crazy theories as much as the ones that are just all about Joe and Nori and Junior, the characters themselves. And I, I think the show is dangerously close to pandering. And I agree, it's weird, it's creepy, it's a waste of time that could be spent on a lot of other valuable things. And as the weather outside drastically gets colder, I just keep thinking of that movie the day after tomorrow and hoping that we don't see uh, computer-generated wolves roaming the streets trying to attack people as they try to get to the border and break into Mexico where it's going to be warmer.
0: Maybe it'll be polar bears. Sorry, Brian, I just had to throw one last reference in. we've gone so long and it just wasn't there.
2: <laughs> we cannot help ourselves. Hey, guys, this is Hank Davis calling you with a theory. What if the dome knew about Big Jim's plans to hand over the power source and purposely
3: kept Lyle somewhere in that in-between state? So when Jim threw the egg through what we believe to be the way out,
2: In fact, Lyle can then retrieve it from that in-between state, and then a new passageway will be opened for Lyle to come back into Chester's Mill. Just a little theory I'm toying around with. What do you guys think?
0: See, Rebecca Pine isn't so far off there, Hank Davis. Thanks for checking in. Ryan says Lyle's actually in Zenith, catching the egg on the exit. Hank is actually saying that Lyle is in the in-between state catching the egg before it escapes. And maybe then the dome jettisons Lyle back into the lake with the egg in hand. I think that's a really great concept.
2: Now it's probably because not only is Hank um, a great podcaster who now has a new podcast devoted to the Detroit lions, the channel war podcast. So it might be a football related thing. Lyle is picking up the fumble and he's going to run it in before it ever even made it into the end zone in Zenith. It all ties back to football. And Hank, I think that is uh, an awesome, awesome theory. Do you think that's worthy of a special title, Troy?
0: I think we can hand off the honorary under the dome radio DJ of the week to Mr. Hank Davis, because he's channeling his inner science teacher, even though I'm sure Hank feels the same way about the science teacher. We all do.
2: (laughs) Excellent. Congratulations, Hank. Honorary under the dome radio DJ of the week. That is a great theory, and I like that a lot better than my original thought of Lyle just happened to be hanging out in the playground. Oop, an egg. Whoa, it's the egg, and all of a sudden uh, being all-powerful. I don't know if the in-between is that area where the uh, creature that uh, some people referred to as a smoke monster, if he's just still kind of in that little tunnel area. Hank, I like it, and I bet we find out this week, and you're probably going to be right. Well, moving
0: into the investigative reporting section. Again, this is our spoiler zone, so turn it down for just a second if you don't want to know what's happening next week on Under the Dome. But Mr. Jack Bender himself will be back to direct Black Ice, written by Adam Stein and Peter Calloway. And Black Ice is going to be focused on Sam and Rebecca as they spring into action. Interesting choice of words since it's getting colder. (laughs) They spring into action when plummeting temperatures threaten everyone trapped in Chester's Mill on Under the Dome Monday, September 8th. When temperatures begin to plunge, Sam and Rebecca spring into action to try to save the residents of Chester's Mill. Meanwhile, Barbie risks his own life in order to save Julia after a terrible accident.
2: I'm looking forward to the terrible accident. (laughs) The rest of that description doesn't sound like anything that will suck you in to want to watch the episode.
0: Well, I want to know what's happening with Melanie because is she going to die now that the egg is gone? That's really the big, interesting twist. And of course, what happened to the egg? Where's the egg? I don't think we'll get that answer next week. I think they're saving that for the finale.
2: Okay. But uh, in the meantime, I don't, I hope they don't hold off all of the dramatic disasters until the final episode of the season. I think this coming week would be a great time to have that tragic accident somehow involve Sam and Melanie um, just the characters, because I need it to be more like the book with a dwindling population of Chester's Mill, not a growing population of Chester's Mill.
0: Well, in the requests and dedication section this week, no new iTunes reviews. Remember, you can go to under slash iTunes, leave a five star review. Even if you listen to the show in another podcast app or service, it really does help the show get noticed. And of course, invite more people into our fan feedback frenzy community but we do want to mention some new things that are coming up as under the dome winds down here where you can find both myself and Wayne in some other projects that'll be coming up in the future.
2: Yes. We're trying to do our, our part to uh, take over the podcasting space all on our own. <laughs> Just kidding. I am excited that uh, the new season of my Packers fan podcast that I do with uh Dallin Christensen is now underway with football season, possibly already underway by the time you hear this episode you want to check it out and hear us talk about the Packers instead of just being Packers fans go to packersfanpodcast.com and if you keep listening throughout the season i'm sure you're going to hear a familiar superfan troy calling in from time to time
0: cannot wait packer season is going to be awesome this year and then of course i will be over on a new podcast called the blacklist exposed This is going to be with Media.com. You can check it out at goldenspiralmedia.com slash podcasts, and we'll have our website up there probably in a few weeks as we get closer to the season two premiere of The Blacklist. But most importantly, Wayne and I will not be gone for long. As the minute Dome ends, resurrection begins. So if you like the banter back and forth here, and you like us talking about people that are trapped in a small town, We can keep that conversation going on Resurrection Revealed. That's at resurrectionrevealed.com, where we talk about all the mysterious happenings in the town of Arcadia, Missouri, where people that have been dead for a long time, a short time, or all kinds of time just seem to keep popping up in town, and we have to deal with why that's happening, and we're going to get some really crazy twists in season two, that's Sunday nights at 8 p.m. on
2: ABC. And we're hoping that we also, and that's Central Time, I believe uh, Eastern and Pacific, uh, 9 p.m. on ABC, right after Once Upon a Time. So Resurrection Revealed and Once Upon a Time, the Once podcast are both on Noodle Mix Network.
0: Yes, check them both out, stay within the family. And then, of course, Once Resurrection ends, we'll hopefully be back for season three of Under
2: the Zenith. I think they need a dome on the West Coast somewhere. I'm feeling kind of left out out here.
0: Uh, Maybe in Seattle. We'll just close it all in. Oh, wait, no, that's for the Packer game. We digress.
2: Yes, we do, as long as we're victorious.
0: Now, remember, this show is made possible by all of you, the fans, so we really could use your help. Go on over to the right-hand sidebar, make a propane tank donation to get us over these last three episodes as we speed into the finale coming up in just a few weeks. And, of course, you can still go ahead and go to underthedomeradio.com slash goods. And order your coffee mug or T-shirt. Maybe even share a cup of coffee with Stephen King if you run into him. And be like, hey, check out this great podcast about your awesome book and awesome show.
2: Your awesome book and your awesome show. I love it. And we love connecting with all of you fellow domies. So, again, go to underthedomeradio.com. We got all the social links at the top because even after this podcast, the conversation definitely continues throughout the week over on Facebook and especially on Twitter. So just go to underthedomeradio.com and go there. And as well as subscribing, you can listen to us not only in iTunes, the iOS app, Stitcher Radio, iHeart Radio, and many other places that we don't even know the podcast is, but we're glad to be there.
0: Absolutely. Until next week, when we talk about some black ice, I am at Troy
2: Heinrichs. And I'm at Wayne Henderson bundling up as we stay trapped under the dome.
0: Under the Dome Radio is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Get more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Get organized in your personal and professional life. Laugh with our clean comedy. Theorize over great television shows and so much more. All waiting for you at noodle.mx.